Hi, everybody. Good to see everybody tonight. And um, I've been thinking a lot about faith and belief and how hard it is to believe in the face of a lot of pain and suffering and bad things that happen and things that just seem to take a long time for seemingly for God to respond, you know. Um, and uh, so I think today's um, today's scripture that I'm going to read might shed some light on this. Bob and I last night actually spent the evening going through all the verses in the in let's see actually in the New Testament right that talked about faith and belief, and it was so encouraging to our hearts. I think that it's it's really a good idea to not just read a couple of verses here and there, but you know, spend some time like soaking in God's word. We did this thing at Tierra Nueva in the past called soaking, where we just lay down and play worship music. I think Elizabeth was in charge of all, a lot of those events that took place here in the evenings. And people have missed that a lot. <laughs> you know, well, we can still do that at home. Um, and there's different ways of doing it. And I think another way of doing soaking that's really good is soaking in God's word. because um, Jesus says that when the gospel is preached, that it actually causes belief to happen. And so the gospel can be preached um, to ourselves, you know, or other people when we read God's word. So today we're going to be looking at John 4, 46. And uh, that's page 836 in the New Bibles. Um, how about the other Bibles? Is it the same page or is it different? 889. 889. Okay, so the background to this story is that, um, you know, that Jesus had performed the first miracle and that, that he did, and that was, remember what the first miracle was? Changing water into wine. And then he met this Samaritan woman who was um, at the well and where, when he was thirsty and and in the end, he ended up revealing so many personal details about her life, not just to put her on blast or to, you know, make her feel ashamed or anything, but just so that she would know that he was God. You know, he ends up saying, I am the Savior, basically. And she was so excited that he knew her that well and still loved and accepted her that she went out and told all of her friends. And so they, they came around Jesus and because of the woman, um, they came around Jesus and then they asked if he could hang out for two more days um, in their village, which he did. And then it says, then they came to believe. And I just want to read that part because I, I thought it was cool. Um, so it says, um, so when the Samaritans came to him, this is back in verse uh, 40. So you can look at that if you want. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay Wait, excuse me, I'm going to back up to 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. You know, and she said, he told me everything I knew. Everything I, told. everything I did, she says. He told me all that I ever did. Imagine that. So that was her testimony, just one sentence. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of 
what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So it went from um, Jesus revealing himself as the Savior to this Samaritan woman. And then, you know, when she went and told her friends, oh, man, you got to meet this guy who told me everything about my life. Um, they believed because what she said, and then they invited Jesus close to them. And then they said, well, first we believe because of what we saw with our friend, but now we believe because of you. And this is kind of like the progression. This is what it looks like to go deeper in our in belief. It's not just like an intellectual thing that happens in our head, but it's something that we observe, you know, sometimes from farther off. I mean, it's not always like this. Sometimes we believe just because Jesus shows up, like for the Samaritan woman, right? It was like, in, you know, direct encounter. But often the encounter happens because someone else is like, hey, come and meet this Jesus, you know, the guy that knows me, you know, and only God could know that. Um, so it starts, it, it often starts that way. But then when we're, when our curiosity um, grows, you know, we, and we take that step to invite Jesus into our bubble and we hang out with him for a little while, then actually it's his word that causes us to believe. And I think that they, that um, John makes that, that, um, that important distinction here. And so the story I'm going to read is kind of like that too. We'll see how it works. So if you just go through the book of John, you'll see there's so much mention of faith and belief. And it's not just a head thing, but it is really a heart thing. It starts out with observing and getting to know Jesus more. And then actually the words of Jesus cause us to be saved, to like turn our whole life over, you know, because we're so moved. So let's read John 446. So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. In another translation, I think it says royal official. So Bob, would he be like a Jewish guy? We don't know. He might have been. Um, when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for his son was at the point of death. So this guy's in a pretty desperate situation, right? Now, he's, this is a pretty big ask, really, because if you look on a map, you'll see that, um, that uh, from, from Cana to Capernaum, it's like a 16 and a half mile walk. And so that would be like going from here to Anacortes by foot. And probably they wouldn't just be taking their time walking if, if the, the guy's son was at the point of death, they'd probably want to hurry up. So that normally would take like four hours, I suppose, or six. I looked on Google, it said six. But maybe if you were fast, four hours, I don't know. But anyway, that, that's what they were looking at is, is a, kind of a long walk. And um, so what do you think Jesus is going to do? Well, Jesus says an interesting thing. Um, he said, he doesn't really answer him directly, does he? He says, well, Jesus said to this guy, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Is that what your Bible say? It doesn't just say you, but you all, like your generation. 
so you. you, yeah. And um, other other translations, is, it's in the plural, actually. The Greek is the plural. So it's like you all, you all. So unless you all see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. So he's not giving up, right? He's probably like scratching his head going, what are you saying? Like, why did you say that? I don't, I don't get it. Um, but do you think he believes in Jesus? Do you think he believes that Jesus could save his son? Why do you think he believes that? Maybe not completely. But why, on what basis do you think he would have for believing that Jesus could save his son? Well, he'd been around. Maybe he knew about the signs that were like the first miracle that happened when Jesus turned the water into wine. Or maybe, you know, he knew about the Samaritan woman. I'm not sure. But I'm sure there, were, there was a reason for him to trust that Jesus actually could heal his son or he wouldn't have made that effort. Right. And that's a big ask, really. So it seems that, you know, maybe he's not the one that has a problem with belief, but I'm wondering if maybe Jesus is doing this miraculous thing from afar, like from a distance, rather than just going and just doing this privately. Because how would they have actually verify if Jesus had healed him, in fact? Because maybe the kid could have just gotten better, right? But um, I'm wondering if he said this for the benefit of the, all the people that were around. So maybe the guy was scratching his head thinking, well, I do believe. <laughs> but anyway, then Jesus said at that moment, your son lives. So, wow. So he says go. Oh, go. He said, go, your son lives. So he actually launches him back home. And there's several places um, in the Gospels where Jesus says go. And as they went, they were healed, like the lepers, the ten lepers. And as they were going, he said, go show yourself to the priests, you know, and they realized they were getting healed on the way. Or go, you know, and your faith has made you well to the woman, you know, things like that. So oftentimes Jesus heals through a word that, that we believe, but we have to take a step and actually go and and not, you know, go kind of blindly in a way. And that's, that's what I think he's talking about is belief. All right. So nothing that we know of changed except for that Jesus declared, whoa, your son lives. So seemingly the guy believed him. And what's cool is that as, let's see, I'll keep reading here. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. So they, they make that distinction. I mean, they, they make it clear that the guy did believe. He didn't just think, oh, well, man, I'm hoping for the best. What else can I do? I'm going to go back home and see. He believed, all right? It says he believed and went on his way. As he was going down, uh, I guess it's, where he's headed um, to Capernaum, uh, it, it was, wait, no. Yeah, Capernaum, right? It's, it's downhill, is that right? So, okay, so as, as he was going down, um, he was met at some point by the servants of that guy, and they're all so excited, and they said, your son lives, right? says, as he was going, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. Actually, the version I, does your version say your son lives? Which is, pardon me? Recovering. recovering. I'm wondering if it's, the, I didn't check on this, but it's, it seems like it's, I wonder if it's the same words that Jesus spoke, your son lives, because they say your son lives. 
like at least in the version that I, I read. I don't know, we could check on that, but um, yeah, it's, it's the same word, your son lives. So they're, they're stating something that Jesus, it's like the servants are repeating what Jesus told the man. It's like he's hearing it a second time. Yes, Anna? Uh, so something I just noticed is that instead of like, like in that, I forget what story, but that one, I think it was the, the centurion, the famous the centurion. Oh, yeah, that he said his. Well, I was mm -hmm. just thinking that this is kind of flip-flop because in that story, Jesus was willing to go over, but the man said, no, like. Uh, I'm not worthy. I'm like, you can just heal at a distance. Oh, yeah. And then Jesus finds that faith really extraordinary. And then this one, this is different because Jesus doesn't even bother. Like, he's just like, he'll be healed. <laughs> but yeah. I, just, I found that interesting that it's like, that he doesn't give the person a chance to ask. He's just like, they're going to be healed. Yeah, so Jesus is talking about the story where the um, centurion's uh, slave was healed by Jesus from afar, but um, it's a little bit different because the centurion actually changes his mind and says, oh, don't come, I'm not worthy. But um, Jesus goes anyway. He says, say a word, right? Yeah. Just say a word and, and, and he'll and be healed. Like, what yeah. Jesus will just say, almost like, I'm going to do it or it will be done. So Anna's wondering, she's curious why it's almost a flip-flop, like Jesus is saying that it's it's already done. You know, it's a done deal without he doesn't bother to go. Whereas in this case, he yeah. So I, I think the point is that's a good question. I think what we find when we read these different stories is there's there's not really one way that Jesus heals. Some people approach Jesus in secret, like the woman with that blood flow, and she she gets healed just by touching him. And he said it was her faith that healed her. Other people get healed you know, as they're walking or, I mean, there's just so much variety in the way that it happens. We can't really plan on how it's going to be or tell people, look, if you do this, this will happen. We just have to listen to what God tells us to do and be ready. Cause it could be a weird thing like go, you know, wash yourself in that muddy water over there, you know, and you know, your leprosy will be healed. Something weird. Or maybe Jesus will spit and make some mud and put it on your eye or whatever. We don't know, right? But in this case, um, it said as he was going, his servants met him and told him his son lives. So he asked them the hour that, that his son began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household so what do you make of that? And he himself believed. I mean, maybe he had a little doubt. Maybe he had a little doubt, like the guy who said, um, "I do believe that you'll heal my son, who's having this uh, this, you know, seizure, demonic whatever thing happening." Uh, I believe you, Jesus, even though I'm seeing this. Help my unbelief, right? Is that that's what you're saying, right? I kind of think so too, because maybe it took actually, like activating his own belief by stepping out and walking back and trusting. There's a bit of trust. And as he was on his way, um, he found out that actually his son had been healed at that, that very instant when, when he had
had that belief back then. So now this is maybe a deeper level of believing. I'm wondering, because why would it say again that he, it says, and he himself believed? Because earlier it says, um, so Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down. And then, you know, before he dies, and Jesus said, um, oh, go, your son will live. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke. So there's believing the word, because sometimes the word can be preached to us. But then it says that, um, that he himself believed Jesus. So I wonder if there's like believing in the word, but then there's also like believing that Jesus is actually the savior of the world type of thing. <laughs> like it's going deeper, you know? Jesus can do signs and wonders, but is that all he does? Or does that, does that mean he's actually God and can save you from, you know, can resurrect you in the end? Um, but not only he himself believed, it says all his household believed. So what was that about? What do you make of that, that his whole household believed? Jesus wasn't there, but again, we see the cycle that when, when, we, when we observe the works of God, or we have a personal encounter, that can affect another person and cause us to start believing. Well, we don't have Jesus in the flesh anymore, do we? So this is pretty much where we are at now. And I, I really appreciate these stories um, because I think when Jesus said, oh, this generation, they're not going to believe unless they see a sign. That bums him out because, you know, he knows that pretty soon he's going to have, he's going to be crucified. He's going to leave the earth. He'll be with us through the Holy Spirit, but he's not going to be here in the flesh. And he needs us to know that he is here and that we can fully believe in him, even if we can't see him. So I just want to read a couple more beautiful scriptures um, that are in the book of John, and you can, you can check them out. So at the end of John, I mean, all through the book of John, there's this talk of belief and faith. Um, John 20, 29 says, Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed? That was to Thomas. Remember when Thomas was doubting? He didn't really put him down, but I think it was just an occasion to talk about this whole question of believing because Jesus does things for us, does wonders, or because he's here, right? So the other disciples, they got to see Jesus with his hands and feet, you know, with the, with the marks of the nails. Well, that was great for them, but it kind of sucked for Thomas because he wasn't there at the moment. And so Jesus wasn't putting him down saying, what? You don't believe? These other disciples believe. Because actually the other disciples had the advantage of seeing him right there. And, and Thomas would be kind of like us. Like we, we would have to believe on the basis of what other people are telling us, you know? So Jesus said to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, because then at that moment, remember, Jesus puts out his hands to Thomas and says, okay, see. But, but then Jesus goes on and said, blessed are those who did not see. That would be us. And yet believed. So this is what, you know, how the book of John is wrapping up here. It's preparing disciples to be ready to believe. And Jesus fully expecting that belief can happen because he says the word you know, when you preach the gospel, that um, it causes people to believe and be saved, right? So, um, again, another verse, just a little further on in John 20. But these things, Jesus says, have been written so that you may believe 
that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So not just life in any name, Buddha or whatever path, but it's life in the name of Jesus. So Jesus is saying that the things in the scriptures were written because the purpose of them is is to activate belief in us, right? So that the things were written so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So Bob is going to tell a story about belief that we just heard about, a really beautiful story. And I think we'll get to hear the story from the man himself who experienced it when he, when he comes. So there's a man who has been part of Tierra Nueva from almost the beginning, around the same time as Julio, about Marcelino Santiago, and he lived down at Sanchez Lane. I met him like 25 years ago. He uh, He's a tricky speaking farm worker, and he um, was down in California about six, five months ago and contracted COVID. And uh, maybe four months ago, he, uh, his family were all calling me um, just one after the other calling me and texting me and saying, you know, um, hey, you know, uh, my dad is really sick. He's uh, dying of COVID. Um, and so can you pray for him? Because he said, contact Roberto. And so um, they were doing that, like, I mean, just every day for like three or four days, five, maybe a week. And so I was praying and then they had uh, a way to put him on the phone. Um, he couldn't talk. Um, he, he was intubated. I mean, so... Apparently, the doctors had said he had 85% chance of dying. Um, but I didn't know that until just this week when we met up. What happened was, um, you know, we prayed for him. And uh, in a week, he was like uh, on his way back up to Skagit County in his truck, I mean, his van. And he was, he was recovered. He was released from the hospital. And so he came to the church and we saw him and we were just like, wow, that is crazy. And so... I didn't have a chance to really hear his story until this week. And he told me what happened. He said that uh, it was a complete miracle because they were expecting him that he was going to die and he was expecting to die. And he said right around the time when we were praying, he had a, a vision when he was in the hospital that he was down in a deep pit, a round pit, he said. And in the pit, there was Satan. And he said that um, he cried out, he yelled. Uh, I think he probably actually yelled in the hospital bedroom, you know, and I wonder if it was in tricky or Spanish or what it was, but he said he yelled, Jesus, save me. And then he turned to Satan and he says, you go in Jesus name. And um, anyway, so he uh, he brought his whole family. Uh, his whole family came to the Bible study on Wednesday and they were all so, uh, so moved by what had happened. I mean, they seemed like in kind of shock. And so we had our first Spanish Bible study with um, um, Julio's mom, you know, here on, on uh, Wednesday, which we're going to have every Wednesday at 3.30 from now on. And uh, the whole family came, 10 people, and it was so beautiful. And so that, that's an example because he's way down in California, right? And Jesus is, of course, really close to all of us, but he's in the heavenly realm where we can't see him. But in his name, we can see, you know, God move to save people now. And that brings faith to the whole family. All right. So I just wanted to end with a couple more beautiful um, scriptures about 
belief that I hope will encourage you to. Though you have not, this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So the outcome of belief um, or faith, you know, that Jesus is who he says he is, is the salvation of our souls. And I, I, it's not just like, so you don't go to hell, but it's actually so that, you know, you can become a disciple and be all that God's, God has meant for you to be. I think the word save is, is a lot bigger than we sometimes understand. And the last one, um, let's, let's just receive this as a blessing from, from Jesus. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. And that's hope is the kind of the theme of this season that we're in right now, which is a dark, even though it's a dark time, we're remembering the story of how God came to this earth in Jesus and, you know, made a way for us to be, to be freed of the things that, that enslave us and get us down. So hope is the theme of this season. And I pray that it's the theme of your week. Amen.